Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Can you repeat the, the question just to make certain that I have it accurate? Can you repeat the last part? Are you having problems hearing? I'm sorry. Could Are you constantly asking congressmen and women to repeat the question? That one. If this is you, perhaps you should try brand new Wax Be Gone by Blamo. Wax Be Gone is the new doctor-tested, mother-approved wax removal system designed to get even the most stubborn and stuck on wax removed from deep within your auditory canal. That's right. Try new Wax Be Gone today. Could you repeat it? I blame And what was the question, sir? of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Relentless Daring Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Morgan, and here we are engaged in the relentless, daring pursuit of truth, justice, and American jackassery. Uh, tonight's show, we're going to be talking about uh, the disparity between men and women when it comes to the criminal justice system. And I got a few other things. I believe there may even be a Florida man sighting that we're going to go over. But uh, yeah, let's get to it. All right, so getting into it, I'm going to do something that I swore I would never, ever do. I'm going to be talking about Teen Mom. Yay. But uh, the thing is, I'm not going to be discussing all the craziness that goes on with these different moms and their the bows in their life and all this. It's actually... Uh, kind of leads itself into uh, the world of criminal justice and how we as society view women when it comes to uh, all sorts of different crimes. Earlier this month, uh, one of the stars of Teen Mom, uh, Amber Portwood, was arrested on charges of domestic assault. Uh, she does have a long history of of mental health issues, behavioral health issues, whatever you want to call it. But um, in the and it's, it's a known thing. Uh, she was arrested and convicted of domestic assault with her first husband and the father of the daughter that was on the original Teen Mom series that she was part of. But, and since then, she has done jail time, she has gotten treatment, and has been working on turning her life around. But on July 3rd of this month, after being upset that they had missed a fireworks show, she had attacked her 
boyfriend and the father of their uh, of their child with a shoe. And then allegedly tried going all Jack Nicholson and hacking through a door with a machete. Like I said, that's alleged that everything's still going out through trial, so I'm not going to, you know, go too much into that. But the the crazy thing is social media's reaction and the reaction of the of her co-stars, if you will. Uh, here lately, it's just a few days ago, she was taken to court because uh, her boyfriend is trying to get custody of their child because, you know, she cannot provide a safe, stable environment for the baby boy. And... By all accounts, this is something you would expect anyone to do in the situation. Um, but all of her friends sh- from the show showed up. Even her ex-husband showed up on her side. I'm sorry if you knew she had a history of these kind of outbursts. Maybe you'd want to you know, speak out on behalf of the current boyfriend that yes she does have this problem but neither here nor there but like I said this gets crazy because a lot of people view domestic violence as oh this is something only a husband only a boyfriend does I have a friend from the army who he remembers going to his soldier's residence because that soldier was being was being attacked by his spouse and he comes outside his head is laid open and because she had hit him in the head with a bot with a bottle of alcohol and when the MPs show up he's the one who has been beaten bloody and he's the one who gets the iron bracelets and is driven off. And there's witnesses saying, hey, he's the victim here. But, oh, well, it's, it's always the man. It's always the man. It's always the man. And just, just hearing the story, it, it just got me thinking about it. And then... Ever, ever so crazy. Um, when Amber's boyfriend, you know, he made a social media post, you know, talking about having a clear conscience because in this world, rumors are everywhere. You know, he started get there started being rumors going around that he had been cheating, you know, talking to another woman, looking to cheat on her. Um, well, that's the reason why she went crazy and tried to kill you. It's because you were cheating. And then all these other things. And, you know, doing the one thing that usually most everyone agrees is absolutely reprehensible. Blaming the victim. 
you know, there's been a number of fans who are just calling him out. Well, it's your fault. You know, you're the one, you know, you caused it because you were doing this, you're doing that, you're doing the other thing. And then people calling him out for, well, you knew she had a history and you knew she had, you know, mental health issues, that she's bipolar. You know, it's, you know, you have no one to blame this situation but you. And in fact, you should be in trouble because you've been leaving your child with her for all this time. She could have turned on that child and snap. I mean, seriously, when did, when the society just go down the crapper to the point that someone has been the victim of a crime but we're gonna blame them yeah it's just something that does not make sense to me and and because of this how he's being treated because he's the victim how she's being treated partially because she's um like a list celebrity as well as you know a female it got it got me kind of digging in looking at how women are treated in the criminal justice system i mean in in there's some things you can look at and go well that just don't make any sense i mean, if you take a teacher who sleeps with the student those are the facts teacher has sex with the student it's it's against the law and there are there are consequences that when when convicted however if you take a male teacher with a female student or a male student and if that's the case a male teacher is going to get by far a harsher prison sentence than a female teacher with a male student or a female student and it's going to be an even greater disparity if the teacher was hot if you don't believe me go look up all these stories of female teachers sleeping with their students if you when you find the hot teachers the overwhelming majority of them will get a really lenient sentence but is she ugly she's going to get a pretty stiff sentence um as I said actually start looking into the literature on it you know uh, there's a study done in 2012 by professor Sonia Starr uh, she taught at the Mich- uh, University of Michigan Law School because she questioned it. Why is this? Why is this happening? And uh, the whys really tend to vary. The biggest thing about it, the biggest variable, is how sympathetic is the woman charged with the crime? Is, does she have a long history of drug abuse? Is she a new mom? Is there some is she the only person in the family with and she has a sick relative who can take care of that person? Or with a sick relative who needs to be taken care of. There are so many things that 
in the when it comes to figuring out what the sentence should be that will affect a woman's sentence that will not affect a man's sentence. Yeah, you, know, you can take a person with a take a man with a with no criminal background, other maybe one or two, you know, speeding tickets, maybe uh <clears throat> pardon me. Um, some other minor things that can be written off with a citation, and then they make they make a mistake, or they get just in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, whatever the situation where they commit a felony. Regardless of what's going on, this this person's background, this person's current life, the man is statistically more likely to go to jail for a stronger time. Um, uh, Professor Starr, in her you know forty one page uh, journal about it. Uh, discovered that men are more likely to serve 60% more jail time than a woman for the same crime. Now, if you, then if you start getting into uh, racial disparity, yeah, we're going to, you're going to see an even bigger jump, you know, between, you know, a white woman versus a black woman, white male versus black female. And you, know, you get the whole intersectionality game and see what lines see what lines cross to cause a huge disparity. But I digress. And as you look into it, it's like okay, if women are able to be charged, or not charged, sentenced based on everything that's going on in their life. Do they have kids at home? Are they a new mom? Are they pregnant? All these things, why don't they get applied to men as well? Now, I'm not trying to make some big social justice argument. It's just one of these things that you look at and you know, maybe you don't necessarily think about too much. And most people don't when it comes to criminal justice stuff. You know, it's like the things going on with uh, Donald Trump has been doing with uh, working to get nonviolent drug offenders out. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of these nonviolent offenders... They've been at their craft for a long time. They just got caught. And the likelihood of recidivism is still fairly high. And this comes into a whole slew of things that needs to be done with the justice system as a whole to reduce recidivism. Which, for anyone who needs an explanation of a big word, recidivism is the likelihood of going back to jail. And for some reason, my... Okay. Yeah, it's really weird. For some reason, my headphones cut out and I couldn't hear myself. 
If you've never recorded without hearing yourself, you don't know how well you're coming across. So that in-ear monitoring is a very good thing. Just a little inside baseball for you. But, yeah, again, you know, you like I said, if you look at crime rates of women, which women in general tend to commit less crime. But when they do, if you have an apples-to-apples crime, whether it be uh, drug possession, murder, theft, larceny, whatever, you know, if you're a woman, you're more likely to get, you know, a third of the sentence that a man is. And, you know, this is an article from uh, March 30th of last year. This is a... this is from 538, which, yeah, 538 tends to lean a little bit to the left. But it's still a, it's a good thought-provoking article, which is why I'm going to share it with you. Uh, you know, the article, women aren't always sentenced by the book, and maybe they shouldn't be. Andrew James pleaded guilty in 2009 to four criminal counts related to mortgage fraud. When the time came to argue about sentencing, her attorney asked the judge to consider the fact that James' son was just four months old. But prosecutors held the high cards, and they objected. Quote, she made the decisions to have this baby at the age of 44 when facing criminal charges and a likely prison sentence. End quote. They wrote to a memo to the judge. They wrote in a memo to the judge. Under default federal sentencing rules, family considerations are generally considered irrelevant. Ultimately, the judge ignored the prosecutor's argument and did cite family as a reason for giving James a reduced sentence. In addition to her long record of community service, she still ended up with two years in prison, but that was less than half the default term recommended under federal guidelines. Now, I'm just going to pause for a second here. We have federal guidelines. Let's say what sentences should be. Under an equitable justice system, we would be able to say that all people should be sentenced the same. However, if we're going to be ignoring federal guidelines, why even have them at all. Uh, we are a nation of laws, and I and I understand and fully appreciate that. Yet, we still, for certain things, will set those sentencing guidelines to the side and go, well, it's just not fair. Yet, Again, as I said, if she was if she was a black woman, she would probably serve a longer term. And I'm not making any calls of institutional racism or 
any of that. It just seems to be how it is, and it's not right. And the way I see it, it's not a matter of we need to treat different people differently. We need to treat everyone the same. If we're going to have reduced sentencing for one group, shouldn't we have reduced sentencing for all groups? Or if we're going to, you know, actually follow federal sentencing guidelines or state or local sentencing guidelines, as the case may be, you know, if we're going to do that for one group, shouldn't we do that for all groups? The social justice movement, they're not really about equality, they're about equity. And this is the this is one of those things I can get be I can get behind get on their platform with because we do need to have equity when it comes to prison sentencing. Either we punish everyone the same by going with this the guy only say you need to serve this many years, this is what you're gonna do. Or we have equity and if you're going to give reduced sentencing based on X, Y, and Z factors, that needs to apply to this group as well. And I could get into this, how how the criminal justice system is completely off a trucker out of personal experience, but this, I'm, it's not something I'm going to get into right this second because eh, I would have to make sure I had permission to discuss the situation with but and I'm not going to just go out and put it out there it, but like I said when you have you know situation in even even within you know the same group you can get different sentencing or different sentences you can get different ways how things are handled like i said earlier in the uh, thought experiment about the teacher and the student if it's a female teacher with a male student she is going to get a lesser sentence than a man and then the next question is she hot if she's hot, she's probably going to get an even lesser sentence than, say, someone who was not hot. And I've seen this before, where it's like, it's like, oh wow, yeah, I can see why the, uh, I see why she got caught with all the, uh, te- with all the, the boys that she was with bragging about it. And then you see the one who's like, ooh, they did what with her? Yeah, she deserves everything she got. But, you know, you know, in the situ, our situ, my personal situation, uh, it was a matter of, yeah, upstanding member of the community. He gets this sentence because these guys over here. Because money talks and bullcrap walks. They got 
Again, reduced sentencing. Upstanding member of the community, but lacks the uh, financial clout to back prosecutors, judges, you name it, versus yeah, maybe not outstanding in the community, but they've got the money to throw at a campaign to keep someone in office. I'm not saying there were bribes that were made. I'm just saying that there are some questions there. And so this, like I said, the whole notion that sentences aren't going to be handed out the same based on the law. They're going to be given out based on the individual, which I think the individual case, uh, whether it's what is the severity of this case and what is this person's background, was this per was this person's family life? You know, what does all that have to say? I think that should have a place. But I also think that there needs to be guidelines set to where, okay, if you did wrong, here's the absolute minimum we can do where we think that you're actually going to be punished. And then we will use the rest of it to decide how much further beyond that you're going to go. And also if you get to looking at situations within the previous year before a crime uh, is committed, you know, some of these women, they have been sexually abused or assaulted or raped. Uh, They've been in an abusive relationship and are coerced into committing crimes. And... So you really have to really look at the role they played overall. Um, as the uh, study that was done by University of Michigan professor Starr points out, you know, you know, there there are things in the in the guidelines that do say, you know, what was the what was their role in this crime? You know, someone who's being used as a mule to pack drugs into the country, they're not the ringleader. They're not out on the streets selling it. They they were used to get back in the country. So they face a lesser sentence than if they were the actual drug dealer or if they were the head of the organization pushing this crap out on the streets. So I think it's one of those things that I think a society, it wouldn't hurt to look at. But at the same time, you know, not make it to where even if it's a nonviolent offense, you're spending, you know, the rest of your life in jail you know, regardless of what your situation is. But again, it's just my opinions. Racism, racism, racism. That seems to be the uh, calling card of congressional Democrats these days, and 
other members of the liberal left and even on the right if they're part of the Never Trump movement. Um, Within the last 24 hours, Donald Trump made a horrible, horrible mistake. He insulted the good city of Baltimore. In fact, he has been quoted as saying, anyone who took a walk that we took around this neighborhood would not think you're in a wealthy nation. You would think that you were in a third world country. Or or describing Baltimore as, quote, a community in which half the people don't have jobs, end quote. Or, we're talking about a community in which there are hundreds of buildings that are uninhabitable. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. That wasn't Donald Trump. That was Bernie Sanders. What was I thinking? <laughs> However, Donald Trump did refer to did refer to Baltimore as refer to it as a quote disgusting rat and rodent infested mess. End quote. So it's a tweet thread directed at Representative Elijah Cummings. Now. If you've watched any of uh, the hearings in Washington about Border Patrol and ICE, uh, Chairman Cummings has been pretty harsh on Border Patrol agents, on ICE officials, on Homeland Security officials, because, as uh, Representative Cummings points out, he does have a congressional duty excuse me, a constitutional duty to provide oversight of the executive branch. Okay. The the things that he allows to be done in his committee hearings, though, is nothing more than political grandstanding and the browbeating of people who are trying their best to defend this country. Because regardless of what you think on our border policies, we have laws that, as they are written, they should be enforced. If if the Democrats in Congress don't like the laws, maybe, that's a crazy thought, they legislate new ones. Huh. It's a weird concept, doing your job. But no, um... Donald Trump came out on Twitter and said, I want to read the the tweet thread. Quote, Representative Elijah Cummings has been a brutal bully shouting and screaming at the great men and women of Border Patrol about conditions at the southern border. When actually his Baltimore district is far worse and more dangerous, his district is considered the worst in the USA. As proven last week during a congressional tour, the border is clean, efficient, and well-run, and very just very crowded. Coming district, that's his typo, not me, reading it word for word, is a disgusting rat and rodent-infested mess. If he spent more time in Baltimore, maybe he could help clean up this very dangerous and filthy place. End quote. And 
I'm trying to figure out where Donald Trump is wrong. I mean, I've been to Baltimore uh, when I was a when I was driving semi. I had to spend a weekend parked up at the uh, the TA that is actually in the city of Baltimore on the east side of the bay because I had to go and deliver deliver a load over in that part of the city. And the TA that I stayed at, it had chain link and barbed wire fences, eight feet tall. You know, they like said, you know, chain link and then barbed wire at the top. It had armed security that you had to, you know, check in with whenever you pull in and then you had to pay for it when you left. But, I mean, if Baltimore's not a crime-ridden city, why would they need that? I mean, there's a Loves in St. Louis, and one of the uh, more sketchier parts of town, it's just open. And St. Louis is not the best city in the world either. Uh, I think for the first time in a couple years, it has not been one of the most dangerous cities in America. And I would stay at that loves, not be too worried about getting shot. But when you pull into a place that's got, you know, a 10 foot high fence around it with barbed wire at the top, you get kind of nervous. And then you lay there, you know, you lay there at night with the windows down on the truck and you hear the pop, pop, pop off in the distance of um, of a handgun going off. But, you know, to call the city of Baltimore, or the person calling Baltimore a dirty, rat, and vermin-infested place, well, this is where it takes a twist. Because everyone has their has this view of Donald Trump. Like him or love, like him or hate him. I was gonna say like him or love him, but yeah, well, yeah. I guess if you love Donald Trump, it's more and more, more of the same. All hail the Cheeto Jesus. But yeah, that's not me. But like him or hate him, you have this view of Donald Trump, and if he says something, you're going to view it through the lens of how you view Donald Trump. The people who hate Donald Trump, what are they doing now? They're taking the fact that he criticized the city of Baltimore. And it's heavy minority population. It is, in one of these tweets, I think it's over 50% African American. Elijah Cummings, he had a, a lot of tweets about it. It had a it has a high population of minority persons versus white. So if you're criticizing the city of Baltimore and Elijah Cummings district in that in that city, well, the only reason you're doing it is because you're a dirty racist, 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 and it gets old. 
Uh, on, scrolling through Twitter, uh, columnist and investigative journalist uh, John Ziegler, which I love John Ziegler. I love his work. I think he does an, he did an amazing job uh, looking at the Penn State stuff, uh, going into who are these people uh, who made this documentary about Michael Jackson as on HBO. I, he, he does a good, thorough job. He's a notorious anti-Trumper. And he and I have, you know, traded shots on Twitter over different things. Eh. But, you know, like I said, I like him. I respect his opinion. And I am more than happy to, you know, trade shots with him because, you know, iron sharpens iron. Just simple as that. And if he makes me have to do a better do a better job of, you know, having a good cogent argument to back up what I think, or to back up my observations and my opinions of what I'm seeing, you know, I'll go toe to toe. It's but you know, even he he's pointed out that, you know, He's on the view that, you know, the Democrats are going to keep playing the racist, racist, racist stuff because, you know, it's going to, you know, it's the only way that, you know, they're going to be able to get Trump to lose in 2020, which I don't know if that's how how it's going to play out. Um, which, and, you know, he's making the uh, 4D chess argument that he keeps playing these things that can be blown off as racist to get someone like Kamala Harris or Cory Booker to win the nomination because he's scared of Joe Biden because he will he knows he will lose to Joe Biden. Eh, that's neither here nor there, but, you know, it's also 2019. If you haven't noticed that, you know, not just this year, but last year, and you take trace it all the way back to the death of Harambe. Everything's been topsy-turvy. Um, there's one commentator I love listening to, uh, Brad Staggs. He refers it to it as Bearded Spock World. And I don't think he's far off. And I think in this crazy bearded Spock world, you look at the polls where it shows Donald Trump behind in almost every competitor. Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, you know, Joe Biden. And you have to look back to 2016 and even go even in 2015. What did all the polls say? All the polls were showing Donald Trump losing. Well, at least in the primaries, until it got down to the last handful of people, you know, John Kasich, Ted Cruz, and you know, a handful of others, Donald Trump was behind. And 
You know, we saw what happened there. He won the nomination. And all the way up until election night, Donald Trump was behind in all the polls. And he still won. So I think um, Mr. Ziegler's uh, analysis... Love the man, but it needs to be taken with a grain of salt just based on history. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, I got a little off track going into all this, but that's the way my mind works. I can't help it. It just is what it is. But, um, yeah, it's just all these attacks on him being racist, especially when you know, they can you know, look at his words, and if you take the idea of race out of it, it's clearly not an attack on any race. It's an attack on a city. It's an attack on city management. You have the mayor of Baltimore coming out and lambasting Donald Trump because Elijah Cummings, he's a patriot and a hero because he did stuff for civil rights 60 years ago. But, again, it's, yeah, maybe it's an attack on the man but there was never once anything leveled that Elijah Cummings is bad because he's black. The city is bad because of all the black folk in it. That's, it's ridiculous. And people love to just equivocate everything that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth to a racial attack. And as a person who... Had I been able to vote in the 2016 election, I would have left the presidential uh, the presidential choice blank because I didn't like no one. You know, all, all the third parties. You know, even the libertarian candidate Gary Johnson. I don't even know how Gary Johnson was able to fool the libertarian party and thinking he's a libertarian. He holds a lot of status views. So I couldn't even vote for him. I wouldn't have voted for Donald Trump because I think because he's a morally ambiguous person and that's not who I would want to vote for to serve as president. Yet, here I am being forced to defend the man who once said that if you're famous, you can walk up and grab women by the... And I'm being forced to defend this? Come on. It's not something I really want to do. You know, I'm I'm not going to you know, lay an eternal judgment of Donald Trump over his previous behaviors and statements. But I do have the discernment to say that, yeah, maybe he's not the person who should be there. But here I am defending him. Because I see a person who's not a racist constantly being constantly being told that, oh, well, he's a racist. He told four congresswomen who aren't white to go back where they came from. Yeah. And have you looked at some of those districts where they came from? 
maybe they should get involved in their local governments and fix their areas instead of being in Congress, you know, trying to screw up the rest of the damn country. But what do I know? I'm just some dumb cracker. In the southeastern United States, there is a creature that roams the forest lands and the swamps. This is the missing link that connects Homo sapiens to its ancestors, Homo erectus. This missing link is Homo floridus, also known as Florida Man. And these are his sightings. In Florida, one of the worst cat burglars in the history of the state has been captured. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Martin County, Florida, an arrest was announced on the case of a hamburglar who broke into two restaurants, fixed himself a burger in one, and then stole money. <laughs> yes. If you're... Folks, if you're going to rob a fast food restaurant, eat before you go. The less time you're in there, the less time they have to make an to make an identify make a picture of you that can be identified easily and make it easier to catch you. Please eat first, then rob. But I digress. The Martin County Sheriff's Office says that Patrick Benson was arrested Saturday after he was caught on video inside of Wendy's and another restaurant in Jensen Beach, Florida after hours. <laughs> Once in, he casually worked his way around the establishment and, the, and selected the items he was going to steal. In one case, he fired up the grill and cooked himself a hamburger before stealing the safe. Deputy said that after posting photos of the suspect on Facebook on Friday, they got multiple tips about who the suspected hamburger might be. And, oh my God. I'm going to read the, I'm trying to read the Facebook post. Every time I open it, it shrinks it back up. But yeah, it, of all the crazy things you can get busted doing. Now, it doesn't say what his mental state was at the time. Was he drunk? Was he stoned? Was alcohol or the marijuana involved in his bad decision making? But it wouldn't surprise me at all if this was a horrible, horrible, clear-cut case of bourbon and bad decisions. Oh, Florida man, Florida man, you crazy, crazy, mostly human beast. I love you and your shenanigans. Well, that's going to wrap this, wrap up this week's episode. Glad I could end it on such a high note. Um, yes, yeah, so, so much going on here. Uh, like I said in the last podcast, uh, Podbean's working on something to a uh, to develop a 
beta program so that uh, podcasters can do a live show. I'm still working on getting some stuff together that will make that more feasible. Um, looking for uh, for listener feedback on this one. If you would want to hear a live show, Saturday is my day to do it. Uh, if I could, if you could kind of you know hit me up on social media, you know at Daring Podcast or at Real Tyler Morgan on Twitter. Uh, you can let me know there, you can, or you can go facebook.com slash relentlessdaring and shoot me a message. Uh, either, you know, make a post or it's a, it's a direct message to me and tell me what you think. And, yeah, I would love to be able to do this live. And I think they'll even give uh, make to where you have a, have a number so you can take calls. That would be interesting. Kind of be able to get real-time response from the audience, you know, be able to, you know, have Twitter pulled up, be able to, you know, have y'all tweet at the show. Um, it'd just be awesome to do. And because I like interacting with a lot of you on Twitter, uh, especially those of you who are, you know, part of the Pat heads, part of the, you know, who listen to Pat Gray, if you're, or the Jackals who listen to a Mojo Five O and longtime Doc Thompson listeners. I mean, y'all really make this worth it. The the ones who they listen every week and they give me crap on Twitter. I love you to death. And anything that makes it easier to interact with you, I'm I want to take advantage of. And I think that would be so awesome if you know I'm able to get to where I'm doing this as a live Saturday show, and then it'll go into podcast. So if you don't, if you're not able to listen live, you can still listen to the podcast. You know that's that's all about trying to you know expand and make it better, make it better, so I can interact with you, and you know y'all can interact with me, and it's just look forward to being able to doing that. Uh, if you want to also support the show, you can go to www.patreon.com/slash/relentlessdaring1. Yes, you have to have number one. I don't know why Patreon says I need the one, but they do. Eh, whatever. It be what it be. Um, go to patreon.com. Support me there. Because, you know, right now, I'm, I've am i said it before. I don't even have a shoestring for my budget. I have a piece of rotted bailing twine I found out in the field. And I'm just barely keeping this thing <laughs> held together. And, you know... Poured a lot of money into it out of my pocket. If 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 y'all like what you're hearing on the show and you want to support it, go to patreon.com slash relentlessdaring one and become a patron. Uh, I've got different group or uh, different settings there for you know how much you want to give. And I have the secret Facebook page set up that you know is invite only. So you know, you would have to join on Patreon. Let me know your uh your username on Facebook, the actual, and I can seek you out and I can invite you to it. You know, again, stuff like this, it only grows if I'm able to interact with you and you're able to forward that on to your friends and other people you know. And be like, hey, you know, I, I, you know, support this on Patreon, you know, and 
this is what he does. You know, this is how we interact. This is how we grow the show. And again, if you go on Patreon and you join up, thank you so much for providing support for this. I greatly appreciate it. So does my wallet. Um, also, also support the podcast. Go to spreadshirt.com slash relentless hyphen daring. Uh, if you go there, go there. You can buy merchandise, hats, t-shirts, and all that. Right now, I only have one design because they're very finicky on what designs you can use because if you don't have the greatest uh, edging on your designs, it makes it very hard to print, and so they will not put it on the put let you put designs onto the shirts and all that. So it is what it is, but go there, check it out, buy a t-shirt or ball cap or a travel mug or a coffee cup. If it's there and you like it, feel free to grab one. Also on as far as podcast goes, it's available on Apple iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, my wonderful, gracious, gracious host over at Podbean.com. Also on iHeartRadio and on YouTube. You can go to YouTube.com slash Relentless Daring and, you know, check out the audio there if that's your preferred way of listening. But, you know, on Apple iTunes, four things, four things, people. Subscribe. Rate, review, and share the podcast. Because again, you want the podcast to grow. You want it to be uh, become more popular, easier to find. You got to subscribe to it because subscribers go as the subscribers go up. That's going to uh, catch Apple's attention. And as you rate it and review it, that's going to jump up on the uh, on the algorithm. It's going to Oh, it's got more reviews. It's got more ratings, preferably five stars. Five stars really helps a lot. But um, yeah, get out there, get out there, listen to it, subscribe, rate, review, and share it. You know, bring everyone into the land of bourbon and bad decisions. And as always, stay relentless. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.